for the Word of God. I'm going to ask our children this morning for our Connect Kids program, if you would be dismissed along with your, your workers today. May the Lord bless you as, you as you go. Hope you have a great morning. And uh, just a reminder, if any visitors here today, we have children up to the age of 11. We do have either a nursery or a Sunday school program for them today, and we invite you to, uh, to be, a, be a part of that. We're continuing on in our, our series, and we're going to be speaking this morning on the Holy Spirit's use of the Word of God, and the Holy Spirit's use of the, of the Word of God. I'll give a better introduction to that in just a moment, but I've seen Tyron home this morning with your new wife, Natasha, correct, from Bishop Falls, is that right? Congratulations. You got married last week, is this correct? Wonderful. And so we congratulate you. Congratulations. Tremendous. How time flies. <laughs> How time flies. Years go by so quickly, and we're glad that you're here this morning. As I said, a lot of other visitors here today, and we're glad that you're here. God, God bless you this morning. Turning to the book of Psalms today, book of Psalms and the book of Ephesians. Psalms and Ephesians. And as I mentioned, we're, we're studying a, a series together, a short series, and we're only going to be looking at five messages, and this is number three. In, in that series, on the Spirit's, the Spirit's work, uh, the Spirit's personal work uh, from the book of Ephesians, in our Spirit's personal work in our lives from the book of Ephesians. And our first time together, we talked about maintaining the unity of the Spirit, maintaining the unity of the, of the Holy Spirit. That was number one. Last time that I spoke, we talked about not grieving the Holy Spirit. This morning, I'm going to talk about the Spirit's use of the Word of God, the Spirit's use of the Word of God. Next time, we're going to talk about the command to be filled with the Holy Spirit. And then the last time that we're together, we're going to talk about praying in the Spirit. All from the book of Ephesians. This is our, this is our, our, uh, our book that we're studying. But we're also referencing Psalm 119, which is the Word chapter. <laughs> the Word chapter. Right in the center of the Bible. So the Word of God is supposed to be the center of, of our lives. So Psalm 119, I want to read a few verses. Verse 9 to 16, I really encourage you to bring your Bibles to church, and I really encourage you to follow along as we study God's Word together. Everybody feeling all right this morning? Feeling okay? Oh, come on. Are you feeling good? <laughs> Great. I, I'm, I'm excited about preaching the Word, and I want you to be excited about listening this morning and hearing what God would have to say to us through His Word today. I, I want to tell you that I believe with all my heart, I really do, I really do, and I say this sincerely. I believe that uh, this word this morning, this word will change our lives. I believe it does. And I believe we need to give good credence to it and good adherence to it. And I believe that God has a plan and a purpose for all of our lives. He does. And we've highlighted that in our dedication this morning. Amen. And as we study God's word, those plans and purposes are revealed and they're brought out to us today. So let's be attentively listening. And I'll do my best. I'll do my best to share God's Word with you in an understandable and applicable, and someone said brief, no, I don't know about that, but anyway, understandable and applicable way. Psalm says, how can a young man keep his ways pure? What a question to ask. How can a young man or young woman keep their ways pure? Well, how can an older person keep their ways pure, no matter what age we are, right? By living according to your word. I seek you with all my heart. Do not let me stray from your commands. I have hidden your word in my heart that I might not sin against you. Praise be to you, O Lord, 
teach me your decrees. With my lips I recount all the laws that come from your mouth. I rejoice in following your statutes, as one rejoices in great riches. I meditate on your precepts and consider your ways. I delight in your decrees. I will not neglect your word. Can we all say that together? I will not neglect your word. Tremendous. Over to the book of Ephesians, the last chapter of Ephesians, Ephesians 6. And the, uh, the main section here of Scripture is the armor of God. And Paul, St. Paul is the writer to the Ephesian church, and he gives us here a, a, an admonishment for all of us to put on the armor of God and take our stand against the wiles of the enemy. Certainly the enemy is very wily, and he certainly tries to deceive and destroy, but we can have the armor of God. And a portion of this armor is listed in verse 17. I'd encourage you to read the whole old chapter, but for time's sake this morning, I'm just going to read uh, this verse. And I'll read the entire verse, but the last part of the verse is our, our main text for this morning. We should take the helmet of salvation, Paul says in verse 17, and we should also take what? The sword of the Spirit, which is the Word of God. The sword of the Spirit, which is the Word of God. As you go through Paul's writings, you always find that he magnifies Jesus. He always gives a centrality to Christ in his epistles and in his letters, which is important. And every church should, should give a centrality to Christ. He's the centerpiece of all that, we, all that we aspire to be. But Paul does not neglect other aspects of the ministry also. And he certainly doesn't neglect other aspects of the Trinity. He doesn't neglect to emphasize the role of the Holy Spirit in the life of the believer. In Ephesians, he declares that the believer, those who have accepted Christ as personal Lord and Savior, are sealed with the promise of the Holy Spirit. Chapter 1, verse 13, if you wanted to flip back and you want to see that for yourself. The reader to, uh, of this epistle were aware that this seal indicated ownership, God's ownership over the believer. Paul declared that each believer has received the Holy Spirit as an indication of God's divine ownership, of God's divine ownership. The apostle also spoke about the Spirit as being a guarantee, and it's wonderful language, tremendous for us to ponder and think about. God has given us the Spirit as a guarantee of our inheritance until we acquire full possession of that inheritance to the praise and glory of God the Father. Chapter 1, verse 14. I just quoted from the Revised Standard Version. The Holy Spirit then is a down payment or a guarantee that we will complete the great redemption begun at one's conversion experience. A few years ago, I, I purchased a, we purchased a cottage and a summer home. And in doing the deal, we, we tried to stay away from lawyers. You know, I'm sorry, Philip, I know you're a lawyer, but thought about this this morning. We tried to stay away from lawyers because they take, well, the fees are ridiculous. But anyway, <laughs> I just... That's intentional, Philip. I had to get that in there this morning. But <laughs> I'm proud of you, by the way. But the fees are, well, anyway. <laughs> so we did a little personal deal. And, and in, our, in our dealings, there was a down payment agreed upon. So we paid a, a small down payment to make sure that we weren't going to head for the hills and leave the deal hanging in the air. And so once we had the down payment there, we were held to the deal. We were held to the deal. And it was large enough that we didn't want to walk away, but... Small enough that if the other party, you know, kind of just went awire, we could back, we can back out of it. Some of you have done the same thing. Well, the Holy Spirit is our guarantee. 
The Holy Spirit is our deposit. He has given us the Holy Spirit as a guarantee that the great redemption process begun at conversion will be completed, and God will be true to His Word. He's always true to His Word. Throughout this epistle, as we have highlighted through the introduction this morning, there are five positive responses with an imperative note issued to each believer of the Holy Spirit's ministry, ways we can respond to the Holy Spirit's ministry. Today we're going to look at the third in this short series, and we're going to talk about the sword of the Spirit, which is the Word of God. The sword of the Spirit, which is the Word of God. Paul was declaring that the Word of God was used by the Holy Spirit and is still used. The Word is still used by the Holy Spirit to perform functions similar to that of a sword. Now, most of us are not familiar with how to wield a sword. <laughs> and Paul here, of course, is using imagery that would be common to their day. But the sword was used in a defensive posture, and it was also used in an offensive posture. So the Word of God, the sword of the Spirit, is used by the Holy Spirit as a defensive mechanism and also as an offensive mechanism. Well, the Holy Spirit's use of the Word of, of God comes to the life of a believer. We know that. And the Holy Spirit uses the Word in our lives, and He uses us as channels. The Holy Spirit also uses the written Word to perform surgery, sometimes in the heart of the believer, to perform surgery. Anybody ever have the Word of God perform surgery in your heart? <laughs> you know, I thought about this, this statement as I, I wrote it a couple weeks ago. I thought about it, and the Holy Spirit has used the Word to perform surgery in my heart many times. For us to ignore this truth is to miss a large part of the emphasis that God calls us to adopt to be able to live a victorious Christian life. So I want to make a few points about how the Holy Spirit uses the Word of God this morning. And the first point is this. The Holy Spirit uses the Word of God to cut through our sinful defenses and bring conviction of sin. To cut through our sinful defenses and bring conviction of sin. You know, while we are away from Christ and while we are outside of that of that, that redemptive relationship, there is a defensive posture that we take. Some of you took that defensive posture before you came to Christ. You didn't want to hear anything about the gospel. You didn't want to have anything to do with, with Jesus. You didn't want to, to have anything to do with a relationship with Christ. But the Holy Spirit uses the Word of God, and sometimes He uses it in the most peculiar of places, <laughs> in the most funny of circumstances, to cut through our defenses. John writes in chapter 16, verse 7 to 14. I'm just going to quote a, a portion of it here this morning. You, can, again, can read the full section. And John writes this, And when he, that is the Holy Spirit, has come, he will convict the world of sin and of righteousness and of judgment. The Holy Spirit, one of the roles that the Holy Spirit performs is conviction. Is conviction. And some of you know what that conviction feels like. Bible scholar tried to illustrate the difference the Holy Spirit makes by comparing Peter's use of the sword when he attacked the servant of the high priest on the night that Jesus was betrayed with his use of the sword of the Spirit on the day of Pentecost when he preached in that great revival meeting in Acts 2, verse, verse 37 and following. In the first instance, Peter used the sword to cut off the ear of the servant of the high priest. Following the coming of the Holy Spirit, the Holy Spirit took the sword, the Word of God then, of course, and Peter preached a powerful message and thousands were converted. Conviction. Conviction is wrought by the Holy Spirit's use of the Word of God. I believe and I pray very often, I believe with all my heart that as the Word of God is declared and as the Word of God is preached, and I have seen this so many times 
in ministry. And some of you have witnessed it in your own lives, and you witnessed this in church, you know. When the Holy Spirit's ministry is applied to the word that's shared, something happens in our life. Something happens. John Stott refers to the Holy Spirit as God's plow that plows up the field. And now I know we're in harvest time now. We're not in planting time, so it might not fit uh, completely. But the plow that plows up the field of our heart. And as the Word of God is applied, and as the Holy Spirit takes that Word and puts it in just the right context and touch just the right moment, that Word plows up our heart. For the average unbeliever, they're on a defensive, they're in a defensive posture. And if anyone speaks to some people today, you know our charged environment, and especially as it comes to, to, to religious matters, someone says, you want to have an argument, go into a coffee shop and strike up a conversation about politics or religion, and you'll have an, ar- an argument, right? We know the charged environment that we live in, especially in our modern age today. I believe that only the Holy Spirit, it is only the Holy Spirit that can open the eyes of people to their need for the perfect righteousness of Jesus Christ to be applied to their hearts. Only the Holy Spirit. But the Holy Spirit does that in conjunction with your ministry. He does it in conjunction, in our context this morning, with the Word of God. So we must accurately declare the Word of God. We must be passionate in our living out of the Word of God and allow the Holy Spirit then to take that and apply it to the hearts of those who desperately need that Word applied. When the Holy Spirit comes, I believe walls are broken down, and I believe hard hearts can be softened. And there might be some hard hearts here this morning. I don't know. It's a large congregation. I don't know all of you this morning. There might be some hard hearts here this morning. I warn you. I warn you. The Holy Spirit can take the Word of God, (laughs) and I warn you in a good way, and He can soften your heart. He can soften your heart. Life circumstance can harden us, can't it? Right? The things that come our way sometimes can make us bitter and can make us a broken individual. But the Holy Spirit can come and take the Word of God and mend that. And He can convict us of our sins. And He can lead us to Christ where we can find waters of life that can flow over the brokenness of our hearts and mend us and bring, uh, and bring a watering to the dry and, and harrowed places. Each of us experienced and have experienced the spiritual surgery. Before we were aware of what was happening, when we came to Christ, we had this spiritual surgery performed in our hearts by the Holy Spirit. I remember the time, I can show you the place, <laughs> where the Lord came in and He saved me by His grace. Praise God. And I can remember the convicting power of the Holy Spirit. I can remember the night I was converted when the Word of God was shared. I remember how, how convicted I felt, and how, how the necessity of Christ in my heart. That wasn't the work of the preacher. The Holy Spirit was using the preacher, but the preacher was declaring the Word of God. All of it works together in tandem, and the Holy Spirit was taking that seed and putting it in my heart. Now, remember that convicting power. It did not come. It did not come from the convicting words of a man or a woman. It came from the Holy Spirit. God loves you so much that the Holy Spirit wants to convict you of your sins. If you're here this morning and you're feeling that convicting power right now, that's not because I'm preaching on it, but because I am in working with the Holy Spirit and the Word of God to share accurately and minister what the Holy Spirit wants to do in your life. And that's conviction. That's conviction. The Holy Spirit will do that. He will. I promise you. Now, when I, when I preach, I like, for, I like to look for accurate illustrations that illustrate the points that I, I'm trying to make. And if ever I can find a sports one, you know I like to include that. And especially if I can find a golf illustration, I'll include that. Let me share a golf illustration with you this morning. 
a well-known golf professional of yesteryear. I, I happened to have an opportunity one time to watch this guy play in a senior in a senior tournament. Anybody remember Lee Trevino? Anybody know who Lee Trevino was? Some of you know his name. Few of you haven't got a street clue who I'm talking to. Well, take my word for it. Lee Trevino was a good golf professional. He was playing in a pro-am tournament with President Gerald Ford. Going back a few years now, some of you remember Ford, right? And fellow pro Jack Nicklaus and another individual by the name of Billy Graham. Billy Graham used to love golf. If anybody didn't know that, he used to love playing golf, right? After the first round was over, one of the other pros on the tour asked Trevino, hey, what's it like to play with the president and Billy Graham? Trevino said with disgust, I don't need Billy Graham stuffing religion down my throat. With that, he headed for the practice tee. His friend followed to inquire what happened. And after the golfer had pounded out a fury of, of balls on the, on the range, he said, the other, his friend said to him, was Billy Graham a little rough on you out there on the course, Lee? Lee sighed and he said with embarrassment after his frustration was out a little bit, no, he didn't even mention religion. <laughs> he didn't even mention religion, he said. Well, why are you so upset? There was just something about the way he talked. There was something about the way he approached every conversation. It seemed like everything that we dealt with on the course, Mr. Graham had a relevant scripture to quote. <laughs> there was something about the way he walked. There was something about the way the president asked for his advice on a matter, and he calmly and quietly said, Mr. President, I'll pray about that. And maybe I'll send you some scriptures to read. There was something about the way he spoke to my caddy, who's been going through a marriage breakup and has been having a very difficult season in his life. There was something about the way he said to him, God won't forsake you. And God won't leave you. There was something about the way he addressed the crowd. There was something about his smile. All I could see was my own dysfunction. All I could see was my own dysfunction. You follow Lee Trevino around, which I did. You see a little bit of dysfunction. <laughs> we all have it, don't we, right? Astonishingly, Billy Graham said nothing about religion to Lee Trevino. And yet Lee Trevino, in his memoir, said that he was convicted that day on the golf course. He stomped off and accused Billy Graham of stuffing religion down his throat first, right? That wasn't Billy Graham. That was the Holy Spirit using the Word of God to touch the heart of that individual. The Holy Spirit still brings conviction. He still brings conviction. Can anybody say amen to that? A couple of quick points this morning. I said I, I want to share the second one with you now. The Holy Spirit uses the Word of God to pierce through and reveal our innermost thoughts and motives. He brings conviction, yes, but he uses the Word of God to pierce through and reveal our innermost thoughts and motives. Sometimes we think, you know, sometimes we think we can hide things. <laughs> and some of you might be real good at hiding things. All of us at one time or another are real good at hiding things. But we can't hide things from God. You can't hide things from God. The scripture says in Hebrews chapter 4, verse 12, for the word of God is living. The word of God is active. The word of God is sharper than any two-edged sword piercing to the division of soul and spirit, of joints and marrow, and discerning the thoughts and intentions of the heart. That's the Word of God. It pierces and it cuts 
Every thought and every intention and every motive is laid bare. Here this morning, God knows exactly where you are in your relationship with him. He knows where you are in your relationship with your neighbor. You might have shook the person's hand next to you this morning, and you might have told them, I love you, brother, or I love you, sister. But if you're holding animosity against that individual, God knows. (laughs) God knows. God knows. And the word of God is used by the Holy Spirit to reveal our innermost thoughts and motives. You can't escape the inspection of the Holy Spirit through the Word of God. This is why it is important to have a premium on the reading of God's Word and of the study of God's Word and hold God's Word in high esteem in our church, in our community, and in our culture today because we need a heart inspection. All of us need a heart inspection. And the Holy Spirit, through the Word of God, is an expert at it, praise God. And not only does He do the inspection, He provides the remedy. <laughs> he provides the remedy. I, uh, my sister left, left home, our old, my oldest sister left home when I was very, very young. She moved to, to Alberta, and, uh, and they always, uh, my oldest sister Golda is her name, always had great regard, great respect for Golda. When I, when I turned 10 years old, when I turned 10 years old, she sent me a subscription to Reader's Digest. And uh, she sent me a subscription for, I don't know, 20 years <laughs> after that. For year after year, she paid for a subscription. I love to read Reader's Digest. And when I, when I was getting this uh, sermon together, for some reason or another, I don't know what it was, maybe it was the Holy Spirit, <laughs> right? It could have been. I remember an illustration that I read in Life Like That. Remember Life Like That section of, of Reader's Digest? And it was back in 1986. Yeah? I looked it up. I, look, I still have those Reader's Digest. <laughs> so I had an opportunity to look it up. Life Like That, 1986. Robert Johnson. Robert Johnson was then the president of the Johnson Corporation, Johnson Company. Remember Johnson, Johnson Insurance and Johnson uh, uh, Products? And uh, he went to in- inspect. He used to love to go to inspect his factory. And he didn't like to let his managers know that he was coming. So he'd like to show up unannounced. But this manager in one particular city got a tip that Johnson was coming. The owner of the company, president of the company, was coming for an inspection. So he, in a fever of activity, because Johnson was a meticulous individual. He didn't want anything out of place in his factory. He wanted everything good, and he was known to be a real difficult customer to deal with. Okay, So this manager instructed his employees with just a 30-minute feverish activity to take all the refuse that was lying around, the papers and the stacks of things, take it all off the factory floor and carry it to the roof. And piled up on the roof so when the owner came in, he wouldn't see all the garbage that was lying around. And they only had a short time to either get a good inspection, pat on the back, maybe a raise, trip to Florida. You, know, you never know. <laughs> well, who was to tell that Johnson decided to come in and do his inspection on his personal helicopter and land on the roof of the factory? <laughs> Well, it was not good. I won't read you all the illustration, but he was, he was furious. <laughs> he was furious, and there was a great reprimand given. He said, what's all this junk doing on, on the roof? And they didn't know he was to ri- arrive in his personal helicopter. You know, sometimes we think we can take all the junk of our lives and put it on the roof or put it in the corner, put it in the closet. And say, I'll tuck that over there now. No one knows anything about that. No one knows anything about that. The Holy Spirit arrives ways that we can't predict. He arrives in ways that we can't predict. And he uses the word of God to catch that thought that needs to be caught. He uses the word of God to divide a thought, a 
and I know that. And you say, no, this is what you're really up against. This is what you're really doing. Upfront image is not enough for us. The Holy Spirit uses the word of God to guard us and to convict us. And after we've been saved, the Holy Spirit continues to use the word of God to work within us. As a surgeon, and I use this analogy in a statement I made a little while ago, a few moments ago. As a surgeon uses a scalpel to open up and reveal hidden accesses within the body, the Holy Spirit uses the word of God as we read the scriptures and as we study the scriptures to x-ray our innermost thoughts. The scriptures sit in judgment on our secret thoughts. The scriptures sit in judgment on our secret motives, revealing to us that which we need to remove from the center of our thought process and our emotional makeup. The scriptures lay it bare, and the Holy Spirit uses that, and I'm thankful for it, praise God, because I've needed surgery more than once. In the natural, I've had three surgeries in my young life. In the spiritual, I've had dozens and dozens and dozens. Ellen, you've had a lot of surgeries. Where's Ellen sitting? <laughs> right there. You've had a lot of surgeries, Ellen, in the natural sense. But the Holy Spirit is performing surgery on us all the time, and we need it. And all of God's people said amen. He uses the Word of God to pierce through and reveal our innermost thoughts and motives. Don't resist Him in this area. Don't resist Him. Don't resist it. Allow that surgery to take place. I remember when I had my gallbladder surgery, and I had uh, stones, gallstones in the duct. And some of you may have had the same. The pain, I was telling these men, it's just childbirth is bad. Nothing compared to the pain I had. Nothing. It was nothing. <laughs> and I could have something thrown at me any minute there now. But <laughs> and my wife says, you're in trouble. <laughs> oh, boy, I it was bad, wasn't it, Arnold? I was dying. I was. You thought I was, it was all over, you know. I was sure glad. I was sure glad to get admitted to that hospital in St. Anthony's. And the, the doctor, Dr. Fitzgerald, he was a little rough around the edges, but some of you may have remembered him. Anybody? Yeah, he was a little rough around the edges, but I was glad when his scalpel cut me open. Cut from there right to there. <laughs> and those stones were taken out. Praise God. The pain was gone. Amen? I've got to be careful about eating too much wheat, so that's another story altogether. But I was glad when the doctor performed surgery. Don't resist the surgery of the Holy Spirit. Don't resist it. You'll be better off after it. You'll be a better person. You'll be a better Christian. You'll be a better dad. You'll be a better mom. You'll be a better grandma, grandpa. You'll be a better person. You will. Don't resist it. The Holy Spirit uses the word of God to, to reveal our innermost thoughts and motives because he loves us. And he wants everyone to be healthy, whole, and have a healthy relationship with Jesus Christ. Point number three. The Holy Spirit uses the Word of God to cleanse and prune unproductive branches from the vine. We all have seen this happen also in our lives, haven't we? John chapter 15 says this, Every branch in me that beareth not fruit, he taketh away. The King James language. Got to throw in some King James because it's good for us to have that tradition, as Karen said earlier, right? But the dress, King James too. Taketh away. And every branch that beareth fruit, he purgeth it, that it may bring forth more fruit. Now ye are clean through the word which I have spoken unto you. Powerful scripture. Powerful scripture. Some of you are good gardeners. You know how to prune. You know how to make a tree grow. Keith, I know you've got a little bit of a talent in this area, you know. And, and you know that, the, the, that there are certain branches that have to be pruned when they get to a certain stage. 
and every tree has what's called sucker growing onto it, you know, and just takes away the life of that tree, and you've got to cut off those branches. The Holy Spirit does that in our lives. He uses the Word of God, the sword of the Spirit, which is the Word of God, to cleanse and prune unproductive branches from the vine. He does that, and I thank the Lord for, for that. Uh, in this passage in which the Lord identifies Himself as the true vine, Aaron John, He honors each believer by declaring that we have the privilege of being branches or branches on this vine. And he reveals that the Father, who is the gardener, loves us so much that he prunes off the vine. And he uses the Holy Spirit and he uses the Word of God to take away unproductive parasites in our lives. Unproductive parasites in our lives. That's strong language. That's strong language. Friends, things might be permissible, but not everything is profitable. <laughs> things might be permissible, but not everything is profitable. And there are things, little foxes that we allow to creep into our vineyard that very subtly do a lot of damage in a short period of time to the vine. And the Holy Spirit wants to use the Word of God to prune off these bad attitudes, to prune off these unhealthy ambitions, to prune away pride or activities that are non-productive and even destructive in the believer's life. And the Holy Spirit uses the Word of God to make a clip here and a clip there and a clip over here. Let's not resist it. Let's allow the Holy Spirit to do the clipping. But there are unproductive things, vices that we've allowed to come into our lives, little foxes that we've allowed to come into our hearts that are holding us back from a healthy relationship with Jesus Christ, from being healthy members of the body of Christ. The Holy Spirit wants to take the Word of God and do some clipping here this morning. Do some clipping this week. Do some clipping in our lives. Let's not resist it. Let's be open to what the Spirit wants to do. Amen? Unproductive people sometimes are given too much airtime in our lives. Unproductive language, unproductive conversation. I talked about murmuring and complaining last time when we referred to not grieving the Holy Spirit. All these things, and you fill in the blanks. I want to paint a little bit of a picture to, to spur you on and prime you in your mind to go down these roads. But there are all sorts of things that are not productive that we need to deal with and allow the Holy Spirit through the Word of God to paint a picture for us and allow us to be able to grow in grace and in the knowledge of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Coming to the end this morning, number four, the last point, the Holy Spirit uses the Word of God to call us out from that which contaminates and compromises. Call us out from that which contaminates and compromises. Now you, you, may, not, you may not like this last one as much as the other ones, I don't know if you like the other ones or not, but let me tell you something, friends. There are things that are contaminating our lives. There are things that are compromising our walk with God. And the Holy Spirit wants to take the Word of God. And the Holy Spirit wants to use the Word of God to highlight those things that, which can contaminate us. And those things which can hurt us and compromise our walk with God. There's a much neglected portion of Scripture in 2 Corinthians chapter 6. And it says this, Be ye not unequally yoked together with unbelievers. For what fellowship hath righteousness with unrighteousness? And what communion hath light with darkness? Well, pastor, what are you talking about? They're talking about unequally yoked together. What are they talking about there? Let me tell you something. That's the truth. And the Word of God is still the truth. And the Word of God must still be declared. Paul is not suggesting here, and you want to look at it in its original context, Paul is not suggesting that recent converts, and these Ephesians were recent converts, okay, from paganism. 
uh, did not separate themselves from marriage partners. They were, they were already joined together and already in union. Paul was not suggesting that there be a mass divorce in the church, but Paul was instructing here that those who were believers were not to be unequally yoked together with unbelievers in a marriage union going forward. And you know I believe that very strongly. You know I have preached that because I believe the full counsel of God. I do. But he was also calling here and also calling for us, and this might be a little more applicable for us. He was also calling for us to forsake air to the word of God. The Holy Spirit is also calling for us to forsake and to separate ourselves from any relationship. Any relationship. Not just the an unequal marriage union, but any relationship. Uh, whether it be business relationship or social relationship that would compromise and contaminate our faith and our faithfulness. The Word of God calls us to sever relationships that would lure us away from faithfulness to God and His will for our lives, all of us. Anything that would lure us away from a productive relationship with God and a healthy relationship with Jesus Christ is to be severed and dealt with, and dealt with. Now, I need to, we need to ask ourselves that question this morning. Are there things in our life? Are there things in my, let me tell you something. I don't preach this without doing a good examination myself. It would be hypocritical for me to do that here. Are there things in my life that I've allowed to come in that contaminate me? Are there things in my life that I come in that maybe compromise my walk with God? The Holy Spirit wants us to rid ourselves of those things. And he uses the word of God to compel us in these matters. Amen? Come on. Anybody believe that? Pretty quiet crowd this morning. Some of you look like you're mad at me, but that's okay. You've been there before. <laughs> we'll get by. Not really. Not really. This, this scripture should probably be read in another version. Let's read it in the message version. Let's meet, and I'm circling for the last time now, coming in, okay? Don't become partners with those who reject God. You can't get much clearer than that. How can you make a partnership out of right and wrong? That's not partnership, Paul says. That's war. <laughs> and some of, you know, some of you know what that feels like. Some of you know what that feels like. That's war. Is light best friends with darkness? Does Christ go strolling with the devil? Do trust and mistrust, old hands? Who would think of setting up pagan idols in God's holy temple? But that's exactly what we are, each of us, a temple in whom God lives. Praise be to God. If you are, you're here this morning, you know Jesus Christ is your personal Lord and Savior. You are a unique individual. You are wonderfully and fearfully made. God loves you. And God has a plan for your life. And God's plan is not for you to compromise your walk with him. God's plan is for you to grow in him. God's plan is for you to grow in him. The Holy Spirit's use of the word of God. Let's avoid the traps that sometimes come our way. And they can be very subtle. George Sweeting, Dr. George Sweeting, wrote a book a number of years ago called Special Moments for Special Days. And I conclude with this illustration. Several years ago, Dr. Sweeting says, our family visited Niagara Falls. Anybody been to Niagara Falls? More of you have been to Niagara Falls, no Lee Trevino. Wonderful. There you go. It was spring, he says, and the ice was rushing down the river. As I viewed the large blocks of ice flowing towards the falls, I could see that there were carcasses of dead fish embedded in the ice. Spring breakup. Wasn't a very good sight, he says. Now, the gulls, by the scores, were riding down the river, feeding on the fish. You get the imagery. As they came to the brink of the falls, their wings would go out, and they would escape from the falls, and they would lift up. 
I watched one gall who seemed to be a little greedy. Anybody know galls to be greedy? Yeah? Yeah? And he delayed. And I wondered when he would leave this carcass. It was, it was engrossed in the fish carcass. And when it finally came to the brink of the falls, out went its powerful wings. And the bird flapped. And the flapping of those powerful wings even lifted the height out of the water. And I thought, the bird is going to escape. But it had delayed too long. And now its claws were also frozen in the ice. And the weight of the ice was so great that the gall plunged into the abyss. The gall plunged into the abyss. Friends, as I come to the conclusion of this third message in our series, there are many traps in this world that can engross us and attach us. And they look real good. They even look like they're giving some benefit to us. But if we don't give them up, and if we don't listen to the Holy Spirit's instruction, many of these will lead to our own destruction. Our own destruction. And there's danger in delay. And if there's areas of compromise, and if there's areas that need to be addressed in the Word of God, you come into the house of God and you hear the Word of God preached Sunday after Sunday and you read it and you talk about things like not being unequally yoked together and you talk about not grieving the Holy Spirit and you, you read the commandments and talk about don't lie and don't steal and all these things which give us practical instruction in the Word of God and the Holy Spirit touches your heart and the Holy Spirit says, you are deficient in some of those areas, young man, young lady. You are going down a road that's going to lead you to a very bad hindrance and you continually ignore it, you ignore it, you ignore it. You ignore the Spirit's wooing. Let me tell you something. Your claws are getting frozen to the ice. Your claws are getting frozen to the ice. And there will come a day when the falls will drop off. And you may flap your wings. When judgment day comes, and it will come, it will come. Right now we are in the age of grace. Thank God for that. But judgment day is coming for us all. I talked about this at Rose's homegoing service yesterday. We spread our wings and it might be too late. It might be too late. It might be too late. I charge you while the age of grace is still upon us, accept Christ as your Lord and Savior and walk in the Word. Walk in the Word. Amen? Walk in the Word. Would you bow your heads with me this morning? Brother Brian, would you, would you come back and along with our, our musicians this morning? And there is a hymn that I would like us to sing in a moment, and we're going to come back and get prepared for that. Please. Thank you for your attention today. Attention in the word of the Lord this morning. The Holy Spirit calls out things which contaminate and hold us back from growing. Hold us back from growing. If you've got envy in your life this morning, it holds you back. If you've got jealousy, pride, it holds you back. I implore you to let the Holy Spirit shine the light of God's word, God's precious life-giving word on your heart, and allow the healing touch of the master to grip you. God is able God is able through the ministry of the Holy Spirit, through the Word of God, through the ministry of other believers to lift you up out of any place of deficiency. There is no place where you are right now where you can't open your wings and rise up above those falls. There's no place. By God's grace, you can, you can overcome. This is the age of grace. It is. And the Holy Spirit uses the Word which, as a sword to overcome the enemy's devices. He also uses it as a scalpel with which he performs surgery on our innermost being so that we can live healthy, wholesome, productive lives. Let us give ourselves consistently then this morning, friends. 
Let us give ourselves consistently and with real devotion to a careful study of God's Word. I feel, even as I'm preaching this here this morning, I look at this congregation, I feel that there are many of you who are very, very eager to continue to study God's Word and to continue to listen to God's Word. But there are also many amongst us this morning who have neglected the consistent study of God's Word. And the Holy Spirit is calling you to arise from your slumber today. And He is calling you to identify things in your own life through the Word this morning that are holding you back, that are holding you back. He will convict you. He will reveal thoughts opposed to God. He will cleanse you from unproductive things in your life. And He will help you to release the contaminants that compromise you. Would you listen? All of us, we would do well to listen. We would do well to listen. Father in heaven, we thank you for the privilege of preaching your word this morning. Thank you for this day. Thank you for the beautiful atmosphere of worship today in the house of God. Lord, as I have come with your word today and I'm preaching through this series, Lord, in many times I'll, I'll come in here, you know this, Lord, and I'll, I'll stand beyond this pulpit in front of an empty church and I'll look out over this congregation and I'll see where this one fits and that one usually fits and I'll I'll anticipate there may be a few visitors, some people who don't know our congregation, maybe you don't even know our tradition. I ask you, Lord, I ask you, Sunday after Sunday, take the words of this, of this preacher, take the words that I share that is the word of God and let it be implanted in the hearts of these precious people, Lord. There's not one person here this morning that you don't care deeply about. There's not one person here this morning that you're ready to write off. Nobody. But Lord, in our world in which we live, in the age in which we uh, 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 occupy, Lord, there are many contaminants, there are many things, Lord, that are holding us back. I know it. I can feel it. As a servant of God, I can feel it. Many things in areas that we once, we once rose up above, we're allowing them to drag us down. Well, Father, help us to be arrested today. Help us to be arrested this week. Not every, not every sermon, Lord, is the same, but this sermon this morning, I pray, would be used by the Spirit to arrest the hearts of these precious people. Lord, you've arrested my heart through the preparation of this. You've helped me, Lord, to grow and identify things, Lord. The Word of God does that, and I thank you for it. And I return praise and honor and glory to you. So help us, I pray, Lord. We love you, and we commit everything into your hands this morning. In Jesus' name we pray. And all of God's people said amen. Amen. Would you stand? Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. Maybe some of you need to spend a moment in just personal reflection here today, but and you're welcome to do that. The altar is always open. We're always here for prayer. And we'll do that. You know, our congregation knows that. But, you know, the real outworking of this sermon has is the case of most sermons, the real outworking, the real application happens when you go out through those doors. The real application happens when you're confronted with a contaminant tomorrow morning or this afternoon. The real application happens in the Holy Spirit when you begin to read God's Word and the Holy Spirit also says, okay, this is an area for you. Not John or Joe or someone, this is an area for you. The real application of it happens when we say, yes, Lord, this is for me and I'm going to make a change. Amen. There's an old hymn I want us to sing as we get ready to dismiss our service. I'd like for us to 
sing it all the way through. There are four verses, and then we're going to dismiss with a word of prayer. But by my spirit, saith the Lord. Is there a mountain in your way? Do doubts and fears abound? Press on, or hear the Spirit say, this mountain shall come down. Not by might, nor by power, but by my Spirit, saith the Lord. The Holy Spirit is active, and He wants to be active in your life. Every mountain, every fear, every doubt, every contaminant can be removed from the ministry of the Spirit in conjunction with the Word of God and the blood of Jesus Christ. It all works together. Amen. Let's sing it together. I think you know the hymn, and Brian's going to lead us. Is there a mountain in your way? last verse and after we sing the last verse we're going to have a prayer of dismissal but I, I wonder this morning I wonder if there's someone here today who does not know Christ as your Lord and Savior 
And the Holy Spirit has been prompting you this morning, and he's been touching your heart. And you come into this service even with intentions today of making a change in your life. You're at a crossroads. You're at a crossroads. We believe in providing opportunity for people to receive Christ. Amen. This atmosphere ought not to ever be an atmosphere where, well, we can't, we can't do this. Or we can't. We're too proper. We're too, no, we don't. Listen, if you're here without Christ this morning, you're dying in your sins. You're dying in your sins. And you don't need to be dying in your sins. Jesus Christ can save you and redeem you. Amen. And give you a hope today. And take you on a journey. <laughs> That's an awesome journey. Amen. <laughs> Come on. Some of you have been on it. It's an awesome journey. It's an awesome journey. If you're here without Christ, we're going to sing the last verse. I'm going to give you an opportunity. If you want to come up to the front, I'll be glad to pray with you, and we'll, we'll rejoice together. It'll be a great time. Praise God. You know what I, I believe about that? We'll have a party. We will. We will. It'll be a party. Praise God. It'll be rejoicing. Anyone without Christ, don't leave the way you came into this service this morning. We'll sing the last verse. Beautiful words. Then trust alone the mighty God. Amen. Then trust alone the mighty God is the winds obey. Oh, take courage, then, oh, fainting heart. For you, yes, Lord. Yes, He will. Oh, not by might, nor by power, by my spirit, saith the Lord of hosts. Not by might, nor by power, by my spirit. This mountain can't be removed. Praise the Lord.